The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio has begun. I am Gabriel Morenci. Another day, another city. As James Hetfield and Metallica once uh, sang. And still do. Where I lay my head is home. Wherever I may roam. Wherever I lay my head is home. The Raging Redhead Cam Stewart uh, with us. LouGamblu.com uh, will join us uh, today. A lot of stuff to get to. We'll talk uh, football. We'll talk Ryder Cup. Uh, we'll talk Major League uh, Baseball playoffs. Uh, some DFS. Uh, all of the above. What's going on, Cam? Uh, nice to see you back there, buddy. I know you've been uh, traveling your ass off just watching uh, the John Gibbons farewell party going on right now, getting a standing ovation live in his final home game for the Blue Jays. It's funny. He's bolting. You're bolting. Uh, everything comes full circle. <laughs> it's fitting. John Gibbons <laughs> John Gibbons heard that Morenci left town. He's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny because, uh, like, you know, I lived in the same condo for three years, and uh, I knew about three people in the condo. Um, so, um, the, you know, one, one guy that I was actually, you know, friendly with, uh, we talked about the Raptors all the time. He asked me, so are you ever coming back? I said, I'll be back the night DeMar DeRozan's back. <laughs> so that's, that's my plan. I'm going to come back. I'm going to have a big, big show. Uh, it, you know, we, we never had the going away party or anything like that. We'll have, like, a big, uh, big uh, road rage at Toronto. Friday night, February 22nd. Normally, I don't announce these things uh, this far in advance. Uh, but um, I noticed that DeMar DeRozan will be returning. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he doesn't get injured oh, nice. or something like that. But, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the return of DeMar DeRozan. Friday, February 22nd. And, you know, we were talking yesterday about the NHL season being right around the corner, which it is. And, in fact, i just seen a bunch of dudes uh, walking around in Ranger uh, jerseys. I'm assuming Rangers are playing a preseason game uh, here tonight. Um, NBA is only now a couple of weeks away. We talked about it yesterday, Cam, with the uh, the media day and stuff like that. But I always forget, like, the NBA always started, like, Halloween. It was always, like, the 30th or the 31st, the night before Halloween or Halloween. They Always. But I forgot, last year they started earlier than they ever did. It was mid-October. And same thing this year. It starts October 16th. So, you know, we're about uh, two and a half weeks away from uh, from tip-off in the National Basketball Association. And I say, bring it on. Yeah, bring on all the sports, buddy. Then it, uh, yeah, the DFS hour gets crammed up. We got uh, 
with everything going on right now, Gabe, yeah, that uh, Ranger game, it's a uh, Rangers-Islanders preseason game, the battle of a couple teams. So I was correct. They are playing at the Garden. Time. You are correct. 7 o'clock, Rangers-Islanders be there. Hardcore dudes, man. It's only 4 o'clock. They're already milling outside the <laughs> arena. It's a preseason yeah, game. They're ready to party. What kind of nut yeah, jobs are these guys? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Cubs fans. Don't they work? Who, Cubs fans? <laughs> they have all those. Yeah, Cubs fans. Ah, it's screw like, Cubs it's fans. Like, it's like they're trust fund kids, right? It's like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't worry. Daddy left me a couple million dollars. I think a, fa- I think a Cubs fans, game. I just think a Ferris Bueller. <laughs> And his mopey jackass buddy there that's all rich. Oh, I'm rich. Oh, yeah, My Cameron. dad's never home. <laughs> like, yeah, oh. yeah, your life really sucks, kid. You're living in a mansion. You got a sports car and your dad's never home. Even better. Call a drug dealer, get some hookers, and party. You know, like I did this kid. That movie. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm always different. Like, when I went to see Rocky, I saw Rocky in the theater as a kid. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, this jabroni would have no chance against Apollo Creed. Chance in real life. And like, I was like the only person in the theater cheering for Apollo Creed to knock Rocky out. <laughs> I was like, send this bum back to Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, I cheered for Darth Vader. <laughs> like in, in Star Wars, I would piss, man, when Darth Vader like would lose. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I was like, what kind of movie is this? I, 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 want, I want to see Darth, Darth, Darth Vader win. It doesn't happen, though, buddy. You know, we talked about our action film. We're actually like, you know what I mean? The guy, when instead of making that move, jumping from the high rise or whatever, and then the, the killer's just there, and boom, he puts one right in the middle of his head, and the guy di- falls to his death. But uh, unfortunately, Marenzi, that's just not the way the world works, buddy. People like happy endings. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can get a happy ending. Um, <laughs> hopefully we can get a happy ending uh, with the football games uh, this week. We, we did really well last yeah. week, but it's tough to go. It's tough to do well. Uh, in it consecutive is. weeks. Uh, Lou's going to join us. Uh, Lou from uh, Gamblue.com. Lou's one of our favorite guests. Uh, we look forward to talking to Lou, but I just want to talk about something off the top here that to me, to me, and we'll get to the Gibbon stuff, we'll get to all the baseball stuff, we'll get to the Ryder Cup, we'll get to the football, busy week in sports. Uh, but to me, the biggest story of the day, and listen, I just, you know, dude, I just got off a plane literally like an hour ago. I got to tell you, though, LaGuardia, we, we got here pretty smooth, great taxi driver. Yeah. And um, nice. I was a little concerned. You know, we were, we were about 25 minutes late, so I only got out of the airport at about 2.30. And you never know, man, with traffic. Like, I got stuck in traffic. Like, it took me like 10 minutes to get to Manhattan from Queens in the airport, and then it took like 15 minutes to get up 34th Street. And you, can, you can never predict this stuff. And uh, it's United Nations Week here this week. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's diplomats, a lot and of cops, and in town. security. Mm, yeah, yeah. I just saw a couple of dudes from Uganda come Weaponry. into the lobby here. <laughs> hey, the Ugandan contingent. I'm telling you, yeah, the Ugandan <laughs> contingent. They're staying here. No, no, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, but they rolled up. I was like, oh, who are these guys? And uh, they're wearing nice suits, but they had like hats on. Uganda. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good headwear. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so listen, a lot of stuff going on, but it's come to my attention um, that uh, Sports by Brooks has tweeted for the first time in five years. And in the words of Awful Announcing, everyone is freaking out, and it's true, including myself. Uh, one of my favorite um, sports, you know, everyone, like, I'm tweeting me, oh, I'm Renzi, I'm a big fan of yours and stuff, but I'm a big fan of, uh, of Brooks. And, uh, you know, Sports by Brooks, guys, in the early 2000s, it was it was the go-to. The best. Yeah, he's a pioneer. Like, he, he was sort of the first sports blogger. 
that, you know, you didn't have to go to ESPN, and he'd have stories, and he'd just basically have hot chicks and tank tops. And he was based out of Los Angeles. He was an L.A. radio host. But, you know, he was a longtime radio host. He was like a minor league baseball player. He was like a radio host. But, you know, he never really took off as a radio host. He was just sort of one of the guys in L.A. and stuff. And uh, he started the website, Sports by Brooks, and it turned, like, you got millions of hits a day. Like, it turned into the go-to if you were into alternative sports news. You know, like, about a player getting drunk and pictures. And, you know, it was Deadspin long before Deadspin. And, you know, I started my career in 2002, and he started his website in 2001. So, you know, like, it was a go-to site for me, you know, growing up in my career in the early 2000s. And subsequently, he became a regular guest on my show's camp. Now, he was a busy man, and, you know, I'm not saying he was on every week, but Brooks came on, like, over the course of, like, you know, a seven-year period with me, yep. um, if, if not longer. You know, when we were on a hardcore, we were on Sirius, Brooks, that was when he came on the most. Like, he would come on, you know, every couple of months I'd call him. He was a busy dude, but I got along well with him. And I see he follows me on Twitter. I just noticed this today. So he disappeared, Kim. Just one day out of the blue, five years ago, yeah, he vanished. Screw it. No, he vanished. Yeah, he just vanished off the face of the earth. The most One of the most popular sports bloggers in the game just vanished. And people actually dug in. And it turned out like he left his he left his apartment. People found out where he lived. People contacted the police. The LAPD said, listen, he's not a missing person. And they said, he's not dead. He's not a missing person. Like, he's just, you know. And I'll never forget what the, the cop. who just went away. Yeah, I never forget what the, the sheriff of uh, L.A. said. He goes, you know, he goes, I get a lot of calls about this guy. People asking me if he was dead or what happened. And he said, we looked into it, and it was pretty cryptic. The cop said, some guys just don't want to be found. <laughs> like, he's, he didn't break the law. Very he's true. not dead, but, hey, he doesn't yeah. want to be found. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if he wants to talk, he'll talk, but he's not talking. And the cop said, all the cop said is, I can tell you he's not dead. That's all the cop said, but no one knew where he was. So Jeff Perlman, the investigative journalist of Sports Illustrated, who I'm not a fan of, actually. I think he's a jerk-off. But... Um, you know, he did the Barry Bonds books and stuff. So yeah, yeah, exactly. he did a piece like, where is Brooks? And then he teased it a couple, this is about three years, two or three years ago. And then he teased the story and he said, he said, uh, I've got a, a piece that's going to blow people's minds about what happened to Sports by Brooks in Sports Illustrated. Then he never ran it. He said, after considering it, I've decided not to run it. And uh, what does that mean? Like, who knows what, what, what it ever was, but today, for the first time in five years, Brooks tweeted, and all it was, it says one uh, one of my favorite movies. Love this scene, and it's uh, the uh, the the Charlie the the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka. Oh yeah, and it's basically when, you know, he he returns to the gate which is kind of cryptic, but um, it's now six years, so he hasn't tweeted, and he tweets about a movie, Charlie Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know what's crazy, though? He kept the domain of his site going the whole time. That's the thing. Like, the site's still there. Now, what was interesting about this, when he disappeared, 
this all happened during the Sandusky stuff. And he was at the forefront of it. If you remember, the, the mainstream media didn't really want to push this Sandusky stuff. Joe, no, no one wanted to say that Joe Paterno was looking the other way while Sandusky was, uh, you know, you know, I don't need to say, yeah, like, you know. But that's what was going on. And, you know, it was shocking to people, but Brooks was all over it. And Brooks pissed a lot of people off. Like, Brooks used to be on top of the Auburn, Alabama recruiting violation stuff. And, like, he got threats from a lot of college people. And people thought that maybe something happened because of the Penn State stuff. Like, because his last ever post on Sports by Brooks was, Sandusky's just the beginning. I've got something, I'm, you know, I'm going to freak, you know, people are going to freak out when they hear what really went on at this place. And then he disappeared the next day. So there were conspiracy theories out there that Penn State fans had him whacked or that he was threatened, uh, you know, that, hey, whatever you're about to report, Brooks, don't do it, bro, because it's going to change your life. I, you know, I don't know. No one knows, dude. It's a mystery. Like I said, he just tweeted a couple hours ago. Uh, you know? And like no one knows, you know, it's it's unbelievable. I'm gonna see if I can get him on the show. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, yeah, I'll do my best to get him on the show uh, as soon as I can. But I, you know, the, the guy doesn't want to be found. He doesn't want to be found. Very very interesting. Crazy crazy story. But I'm genuinely I don't get excited about a lot, but I'm genuinely excited. <laughs> like uh, I'm a big fan of his. It's always been a mystery to me. Like what happened? My guess is he had like a nervous breakdown or something. I would, that, yeah. That, actually, that makes a lot of sense. And some people, it's weird, Marenzi. Like, you know what I mean? I wa- if you watch a lot of these shows and documentaries and stuff, and people reach a point where, you know what, they're at their wits' end. You know what I mean? They just uh, they can't handle dealing with the certain the, the regular stuff of everyday life, and they say screw it, and they do walk away. Well, and this guy, and imagine running a lot of the po- imagine running yeah. one of the most popular sports sites in America too on by yourself, Le- leaving at its at its peak yeah yes. like he was he was putting in 20 hour days you know like he he worked so hard that guy yeah, that's i always thought that he just sort of snapped that that's that was always my people were like oh he owes people money he's a gambler like you know he got whacked um you know there was all kinds of just conspiracies out there no one knows no one knows um now here here's some great stuff here like on his twitter so he tweets out, and here's the responses to him. Last time Sports by Brooks tweeted, Perry Ellis was a six-year freshman at Kansas. <laughs> uh, last time he tweeted, John Gruden was, was the original coach of the Raiders again. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, I like what someone tweets here. This is the greatest advertising ploy for the new NBC show Manifest Unmanageable. Well done. <laughs> it's true. That's amazing. That's true. That's, right. that's, that's a, that new show. The plane where they go like six Yeah, the plane, the lads. They're like, where is everybody? He goes, you guys have been gone for five years. Yeah. The plane lands at the airport. They get off like everything's normal. They're like, what the hell is going on? The world's over. Hell, who are you? Yeah, who are you? What plane were He goes, you guys have been gone for five years. They're like, what? i got to be honest with you. It's one of those shows, Marenzi, it's going to be amazing for, like, three episodes and, like, lost. Then it just gets stupid. No, no, you're right. You're right. It's right. hard to get the plot going. Because it's like, all are, spooky you know, at first. They, they won't be yeah. able to carry it. At That's the first, problem. Exactly. The first few episodes are going to be legendary, then it'll tank. All right. Uh, Charlie Weiss was the That's coach amazing. at Kansas the last time. Sports yes. by Brooks. Wow. Uh, 
what else well, is Kansas here? hired some really big coaches. Like when you talk about guys like like just really big men, Mangino and Weiss, like they both <laughs> coached there. I'm just, I'm just making a point, Gabe. Like, that's a lot of it's a It's a prerequisite. Like, I'm a bigger guy, but those guys are huge. Yeah, it's a prerequisite to be a Kansas coach is you got to be, like, severely overweight. This is those great. Huge. Someone tweeted, hey, Brooks, you returned just in time to see Gritty. And there's a picture of Gritty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the best Brooks tweets here. Uh, some great, Some great stuff. People are freaked. Like, it's sort of an inside. You know what the best is? He might just do this game and disappear for another fight. I know. He he said, there's no tweets about sports. There's no tweets about anything. Exactly. It's just a Wally Walker tweet, and he's gone. You said it. Welcome back, Brooks. Welcome back. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're already getting the crew. We're already uh, we're already getting the crew. Try to track down Brooks right now. Countdown is on. Ryder Cup, NFL football, busy week in sports, Major League Baseball playoffs rapidly approaching. Um, we might have a um, we might have a round two with me and Lou today. As I see, uh, Lou, yeah, Lou went pretty hard after the uh, the kid Kelly Bryant, quarterback of the Clemson Tigers, because uh, he's leaving. Um, he's he's leaving Clemson because uh, Trevor Lawrence has been named starting quarterback yep. uh, this week. It was inevitable. You know, Bryant's a good quarterback. Um, Brian Bryant's a good quarterback. Yet Lawrence is is just better, and you know they 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 left yep. Bryant in for as long as they could. It was inevitable. They they finally had to make this move. Uh, Clemson Lawrence is just too good. I agree and I disagree. Like basically, Lou, I think Lou is a little too hard, but we'll bring it up with Lou, in which Lou's going old school again, basically calling Kelly Bryant a quitter, and he said, "I bet you he'll never succeed in anything in his life because he's a quitter." And I think that's a little harsh. And I can think I of agree. I can think of a ton of quarterbacks who transferred because of stuff like this and are in the Tons. NFL, like Joe Tons. Flacco did. Joe Flacco was in a big time yeah. school. He split. He was at Pitt. He, he didn't like Delaware, it. Yeah, he right? went to Delaware and he won a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. is, was he a quitter? Because no. Here, 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 but my my deal my deal with to. this is with Kelly Bryant. Yep. He shouldn't leave now, mid season. You know what I mean? You're mid season, dude. You were the quarterback. I agree. That's the thing. I will agree, and I will go. I will go teammates on this and say, bro, you're part of the team. 
you're not going to play all the time. Like there's the, the running back sometimes loses his spot on the depth chart too, and it's like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts took it like a man. He gets in the he gets into the game still, and dude, like Trevor Lawrence could get hurt, right? Like you owe it. Like Lawrence, yeah. like Lawrence could have said, "Hey, I'm going to be a big bitch, and <laughs> I'm going to transfer because you guys never made me the starting quarterback yet." Also, also, and he, he did just it. put the starting job over Morenci. Think about this. Think about Clemson, right? You got Dabo Sweeney in a team that's one of the best teams in college football. You're not telling me if Lawrence goes on a little bit of a tailspin or really loses it one game, he, he, he wouldn't hesitate to put Bryant back in the game. You know what I mean? Like what Alabama and Nick Saban did with their quarterback situation. So I'm with you on that one. I think next year, if you want to transfer, you could transfer. Stick around for the team now. You're the best, te- you're the best team in the ACC. You're one of the best teams in college football. And, uh, you know, let's see where see where the chips fall where they may. I'm with you, though. But, hey, for, for his own career, at the end of the year, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. I'd, I'd the team this year, though. That's the way, that's the way, um, that's the way I would uh, approach this, too. I, you know, if I was Dabo Sweeney, I would have told him that. I would have said, listen, kid, I get it. You know, we're not going to stand in your way at the end of the year here, but. You know, you leave now. It's not a look. And, and and there's there's no guarantees. Like I know, Lawrence, like that's the thing. Lawrence came in, and I was a fool, Gabe, to take Georgia Tech in that game. And he had total control of that offense. They go on the road, and he's been the better quarterback. He goes into hostile situations, and he puts up better numbers, and he looks more confident out there. But who's to say things can change? It's college. They're still kids, right? Kids go through a lot of the time. They have a couple of bad games in early. That's the one school I definitely would want to stick around because if anything happens to Lawrence, he steps in and, he, and, he, and he's the hero again. And you have one of the best. Your front seven at Clemson, that is the best damn front seven in college football. It's not even arguable. It's better than Alabama. It's better than anybody's. That team is very, very close to winning the national championship. I want to stick around for the ride, right? Wouldn't you be a part of something, something special? Yeah. You know, it's um, – and also – also, what what do you do? You know, if you're Kelly Bryant and Lawrence gets hurt, you're going to be watching, going, "Oh, damn!" You know, and what the yeah, hell? Like, it uh, been me. yeah, it's it's tough. You know, it's a tough spot. It's a cold world. Listen, you look at Michigan, and very similar situation. Look, man, Dylan McCaffrey went to Michigan, and Dylan McCaffrey could have went to a lot of other places, but he decided to go to Michigan, and then Harbaugh threw him under the bus right away. Yep. Oh, we got Shea Patterson. Sorry, Dylan, and. A lot of people thought that, you know, Dylan was going to leave, and he didn't. You know, maybe he will at the end of the year. I think he probably will. But he didn't now, which, you know, he just wanted to, you know, show that, no, I I can compete. I can handle this. I get it. Listen, you only have four years of eligibility, Cam, if you're a college football player. Yeah. You want to use it. You want to play. You don't want to be standing on the sidelines. You want to make your money. Well, there's no money in you college. You have to football. do something. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying you have like the path to make money. You yeah. Have to put in. You have to put in that special. Kind That's of true. But Kelly. No, I, I get that. I get that. But Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant's not going to be in the NFL as a quarterback. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be a good, a good NFL quarterback either. He might be but, in, uh, in the uh, NFL I, as an athlete. I, you know, but. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, they put might put him at a receiver. They might put him at another position. I just wouldn't leave something, especially like there's guys who transferred out of crap programs, right? Look at South Florida's quarterback. That guy's been like knocked around. He transfers every damn year. That kid, and uh, now you're in Clemson. Like it's just one of those things that I would definitely. I just I I think it's all. Hey, he's a he's a young guy, Gabe. He's going on emotion. He's probably pissed off right now, saying, "Hey, I want to be the man. I want to be the big man on campus." But when you look at the big picture, I just want to be a, a part of a national championship team. I I, de- I definitely stick around Bolt next year. Yeah, you know the the. I you know I can't I can't uh, criticize a kid for leaving. 
You know, I get it. Like I said, I think Lou, like I said, I, I understand him, you know, leaving at a bad time. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have advised it. It happened to me, dude. I was, um, I was like the star goalie and stuff. And my coach knew that I was slipping a bit, like off the ice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he warned me a couple of times. Like, he goes, you know, I know what you're up to all the time. And he goes, you and a couple of the defensemen and your buddies there. He goes, I don't think I don't know what you guys are doing. And, and eventually, you know, I lost my starting job. And I thought, I was like, man, F this, man. You know, that was my first, my first reaction. And then I realized, I was like, dude, you were just a starter for like four years in a row. You know, it's not your God-given right to be the starter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, I sort of it humbled me, and I realized that I sucked it up, but I became the starter again after like six games. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't the starter for like a month, and then by the time the playoffs Sometimes came, I got that. exactly like the Sometimes coach was just sending me a lesson. Ass, right? they, listen, you can't do whatever you want, kid. You know what I mean? And you know that that that's that that's the way you look at it. But to say that oh he's going to be a failure and he's a quitter and stuff like that—that's ridiculous. Like off the top of my head, Troy Aikman transferred. Troy Aikman went to Oklahoma first. And UCLA. And then correct. he said, you know what? Like they told they told them at Oklahoma, they said they said, No, no, don't worry, we're not we're not we're not gonna be an option team. We're gonna be able to throw the football. Then he gets there and Barry Switzer's like, Listen, I need you to run the option. <laughs> and he said, You you told me I wasn't gonna do this. And he was like, Yeah, but just do it a bit. And Aikman was like, No, no, I'm a drop back passer. And he went to UCLA. Was he a quitter for doing that? No, yeah. smart businessman. Look at Will Greer right now. And it. Nick Nick Papa yeah. Giorgio just sent us a tweet. Will Greer transferred to West Virginia from Florida. Yeah, didn't feel he was being treated fairly there. Look at the kid, kid's a Heisman candidate right now. Cam Newton. Cam, Cam Newton transferred uh, from Florida to Auburn. As Nick Papa Giorgio, good teat, uh, good teat. Uh, Nick says uh, Cam Newton transferred. Baker Mayfield transferred. They're not doing too bad. Look, Baker Mayfield got looked passed over at Texas Tech. Went to Oklahoma. I, I get it. I, you know, you don't want to be a quitter, but I don't look at transferring as quitting really can. You know, I look at quitting as, you know what, I don't want to be a quarterback anymore. I don't like this. I'm going home. Saying I want to go play for another school, that's not really quitting. And, you know, is Jimbo Fisher a quitter because he quit on Florida State last year when a game left and took all that money from Texas well, A&M? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, he is. Well, he quit on thing. his team, didn't he? I think, th- yes. The coaches are more like, that's the thing. And you bring up a great point. What about these coaches that check out? They're quitting on their team more than the player. The player has to think about, okay, well, you brought me here to play this, to, to be in this system. These are my strengths. When you, when, you, when, you, when you recruited me, you told me this. You lied to me. So now this school says, hey, we're going to do things my way. I got to think about my family. Not all these guys are rich either. That's another thing. Say you got a, a family that you have to support. You have to get in the NFL. You have to find a way to get drafted. You just can't be sitting there as a second stringer twiddling your thumbs. you got to go to a school where you're going to get on the damn field and produce and hopefully get drafted. You got to take care of business. Big college football uh, weekend uh, this weekend. Um, every game. Games. Yeah, some big, big-time games. We'll run over some of the games uh, throughout the program today. But uh, John Gibbons, no no doubt the first of many managers. Oh. We saw this coming. He's the best. We saw oh, this, yeah, oh, coming. this is coming. This farewell tour, the problem is he had time for his farewell tour. You didn't. 
this has been going on. This has been going on forever. They talk about Gibby gone, Gibby gone. They had the press conference. Well, I've been here two times. I tell you, here I got made a lot of friends. We got we got real close to that game against KC. Dalton Pompey got some bad calls by the Yums. Well, I'll tell you something. I had a great time in Toronto. Just want to say thanks to everybody in Canada. No, no, Gibby's Gibby's awesome. And I talked to Rich Griffin, our our friend, who's uh, uh, the beat reporter uh, for the for the Toronto Star, and. you know, he told me, uh, Gibby, they went to a party on Sunday. Gibby and his wife showed up. He says, the, like, he's dealt with every manager in that organization since since he left the Montreal Expos and he used to work for them. He told me Gibby's definitely the, the, the nicest guy he's ever dealt with. He's a real cool dude. And I wish him the best. Apparently, Gabe, I was seeing uh, your tweets from, from SBR. They're talking about, because you know the contingent who are the general managers of the Toronto Blue Jays, Eric Wedge. Remember old Wedge? The, the old manager of the Cleveland Indians, he's one of these guys that's on their short list. I'm like, you're bringing back Eric Wedge? Okay, well, maybe want Gibby to stick around for a while, but I don't know what the hell this organization's going to do. The Blue Jays are a joke. They're pretty bad. The, the guys at the top, I think, are really, uh, the, 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 I don't think they have the pulse on so uh, let's look the situation this, right now. Let's just look at the situation here, and I get it. I get it. Shapiro and Atkins were in Cleveland and, and, did, guys, yep. and did get some of the guys that are on that team right now. But it's it's you know they have a lot of new guys on Cleveland and Cleveland are much more aggressive with salaries now that Shapiro's not there and Atkins aren't there. So you look at Cleveland, Shapiro and Atkins have been gone for what two years now I think it's been, maybe it's three whatever the hell it is, and um, the Blue Jays are regressing, and the Cleveland Indians are in the playoffs every year and the Indians are World Series contenders. It's what does it come down the to? The Blue Jays had a good thing regime. going, and they destroyed they it. They did, and these guys didn't want to pay it. They didn't want. The, but the bottom line is, come on, Marenzi, and you know this as well as me. They could have, they cheaped out, and that's what happens when a cable company and whatever they look at the bottom line. How much money are we going to make? Whereas when you have other owners of the teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox, you know, we'll go and get that guy. We will pay that money there. We will work this out. Who cares about the luxury tax? That's a problem with the Jays. They're nickel and diming. They're trying to save money, and look what it gets you. Nowhere in that division. You have to spend with the best. And Cleveland, they're going out and getting everybody trying to make a World Series run. So kudos to them. All right. So uh, Lou from Gamblue.com is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Just saw Lou tweeting about uh, the Nashville Predators going I under. I agree with this. Go- going I under agree with that, Gabe. 106 points. So we'll that, talk though. about that. It's too many points. we got the Ryder Cup points. this week. we got Nathan uh, checking in right now, shooting us a call. I believe he wants to talk about Tiger and probably tell us how you and I suck because uh, we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't praise Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> what's, ready for it. What's up, Nathan? <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Good afternoon. How are you guys doing today? Good stuff. Thanks for the call, hey, Nathan. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, so you're right about Tiger. Uh, I'm going to talk about Tiger really quick. And what a performance he had the other day. Um, uh, I'm so happy for him because it took him five. Uh, the last time it was like five years ago. So, man, what a big, uh, big win for him. And, and, and I think... With this win, I think he can now he, he can compete in a more uh, golf tournaments and see what happens. So, in my opinion, he's one of the best golfers, hands down, uh, in history. How do you he's think he'll play here. this week, though, Nathan, at the Ryder Cup in France? Short week, think, coming off this big, big win. Yeah, How do you think he's going to play? First, so, in my opinion, I think at first he's going to maybe struggle a bit, a bit, but watch him come back at the end or sneak in and towards the middle of the round and uh, see what happens there because – Ty, uh, I think he he's best at coming back, coming back with the, and then to taking the lead. So I think watch him struggle at first, but I think in my opinion, I think he's going to come back to at the end. But I don't know if he's going to win, but let's see what happens. 
Do you like so Tiger's your guy then, right? Like you know, it's the thing. Yeah, uh, no Tiger, one, everyone Tiger, loves Tiger. No one everyone really likes him. Tiger, well, the I thing think. is, hands, hands down, <laughs> yeah, like down the best golfer. Who's your second favorite? Go? Like, do you too. like anybody else on the tour besides Tiger or just Tiger? Um, uh, Justin Rose is my other favorite, and then uh, Rory, I like Rory McIlroy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like Rose a lot too. I bet on you know Rose is, all the time. Thanks, thanks for the call, Nathan. Point. Thanks, Nathan. And you know what it is? Wonder why a lot of people like Tiger Woods too? It's what you talked about before. You watch golf with half of these guys on tour. They're robots. They got no personality. That's the thing. Hit a putt. Hey, how you doing? Let these tiger tigers larger than yeah, life. You know what I mean? He is. That's the thing. Like and walking in the putts, giving the you know the shooter McGavern, boom the guns. Here we go. Let's party. How's that birdie? He wants to fire it up. He wants to make golf like kind of a boxing fight or an MMA fight, which is good for the sport because the guys playing it, half of them are drones with no personalities. Right? You know, you know, that's, though, that's the you know what disappoints me is my guy, Jordan Spieth. I really thought that he had the potential to take over. Like, where's the emotion, like you said? Where's the, you know, I got to win every tournament. Where's that? Don't, don't Jordan Spieth is. Where's that competitive? He has emotion. He has emotion. His problem is he's always bitching. That's yeah. his problem. Yeah. The difference between Tiger Woods and Jordan Speed is, oh, Jordan, oh, Jordan. Hey, Jordan, if you didn't get that break at the British Open where you had 15 minutes to look for a damn lost ball, <laughs> any other guy gets a two-shot penalty, you should be thanking your lucky stars that you got that major. How many times has he had the advantage it's true. of being a popular player and getting a good call? And all he does is bitch and bitch and bitch. He's and constantly frustrated. I, I get it. Yes. I get it. But it's, you know what I mean? I'm we just saying. frustrated, but you got to shake it off. Tiger. Shake it off eventually. Tiger left an opportunity for all these guys to step up and for somebody to become a big star. No one really did. Like, that's, it goes to show, though, how good Tiger is. I'll criticize him, but his run was so impressive in that, you know, you look, Rory, Rory McIlroy was really, really good, but couldn't sustain it. Like, you know, he's dominant for a year. Dustin Johnson can be really, really good, but he doesn't have the competitive fire. Ricky Fowler is popular, but Ricky sucks. Close. You know, whatever. Rick, you know, yeah. Ricky's just Ricky. and doesn't win. Dustin doesn't seem to care that he doesn't win. Um, and then conversely, some of these other guys, like I think Justin Rose is one of the best uh, golfers in the world, yet he's British, and he's sort of, like, you know, robotic. And you notice, like, you know, it's amazing to me just how good Justin Rose is and doesn't get the love in America. Like, every one of these oh. other golfers, Kepka. You know, Thomas, Reed, anybody does anything, man, the world stops. But Justin Rose, if Justin Rose wins the FedEx, eh, people talk about Tiger winning the tournament. Exactly. The thing about Justin Rose is, too, is he's not over the top, Dave. He's actually kind of in the middle. He'll show emotion when he needs to, but he's a very docile But did anybody even talk about Justin Rose winning? It was all no. Tiger on Monday. It's like, by the I, way, I, Justin Rose, the yeah, guy that actually won the damn tournament, or the title. Actually, on Red Heat on Red Heat and Rage, I mentioned that he won the FedEx Cup because I like the guy, but you're right. I remember I watched, like, seven hits from golf guys, and none of them mentioned Justin Rose once. Not even that, like, he finished second, second, fourth in his three events to win the FedEx Cup in the $10 million. And the guy, the guy's a stud. Don't worry, Gabe. You'll see this week in France, guys like Ian Poulter, Justin Rose, these Brits, they get fired up for this stuff. This is, this is their... This is their be-all and end-all. This is the major to them. Some of them, hell, some guys think Ryder Cup's more important than majors. It's majors and Ryder Cup. We'll see the emotions flow this weekend. Well, the money uh, the money continues to come in uh, on Europe. United States all the way down to minus 112 right now. Wow. It's amazing. That's crazy. Mainstream media types all love the U.S., yet the betting market are all over the Europeans. I like Europe. The final countdown.
Countdown. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I took care of uh, that business last night, Marenzi. Put a couple bags to the Goodwill. Got it before they closed. And then uh, the rest on Friday. Oh, so where? Do you got to Salvation Army or to the place I told yeah, you to I got, go? Yeah, I, yeah, no, I'm going to the, your place on uh, Friday when I do the pizza hit. And then I, uh, I took care of a couple bags. I took them to a church in Mississauga. One bag and one bag to the Goodwill. Yeah, we're spreading the it around. Go to your place. We're yeah, everyone now, kids in all areas get uh, nice jerseys and and clothes courtesy of uh, Sports Rage. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's. Um, I'd be worried that you're going to go through the bag. I noticed you had your eye on. You're like, oh, is that a Frank Gore jersey? But I know it won't fit you. Yeah, I, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. They also have locks on these boxes too. Like I think they've had issues before where like some guys from th- thrift stores are like stealing from charity bins. It's like. Come on, dude. Like, you're really going to do that for your private company? You're going to take stuff out of, like, a church charity bin to sell? Like, that's pretty low blow. But uh, anyway, it's Look, okay. I had, I, 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 I had NFL team jerseys for pretty much every team in the league, and I gave them almost all away. I really did. You know, and it's crazy. You figure, oh, i got to hang on to them, but whatever, man. Like, I can't hang on to everything all the time. What am I going to do? And, you know, i got to change the way I dress anyways. I'm a grown man. I can't be walking around NFL team jerseys all the time. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I didn't even wear them. It's, no, like, you know what I mean? Like I said, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I'd, you know, I'd bust them out at the Super Bowl or something when I had money. I'd be yeah, like, well, I got sure, the jersey already, sure. you know. But it was really like for our TV sets over the years. You know, yeah. Monday Night Football, we'd hang up a couple of the jerseys, you know, who, who was playing each other and et cetera. But, you know, you saw I hung on to a few. I hung on to the Rams jersey. I hung yeah. on to my Carol. You know, I wasn't giving up my Carolina Panther jersey, so I, I hung on. Jersey, all the Car- Carolina I got my Steve Blue? Smith. Yeah, I got my official Steve Smith yeah. jersey, old school <laughs> classic. Yeah. Um, I held on to all my Bill stuff. I didn't give away. I gave away Steve Tasker jersey, but I, I held on to my Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith stuff. Kept all my Raptor gear, but for the most part, I gave away like everything, you know. I kept a few sentimental things that, you know, somebody close to me gave me or whatever. But for the most part, I gave away pretty much everything. And uh, we're going to start over. Starting, starting over. Complete, uh, complete new look, yep. wardrobe, uh, Botox, nose job, chin job, everything, Cam. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like my it's kind of like my thing, Marenzi. When you reach a certain age, you just like it's not like you don't care or give up. But it's like I like that shirt because it fits. You know, that golf shirt, you know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things, like, it's kind of like when you said, you go, I rolled into Walmart, and those white shoes were really comfortable. You got, like, the senior citizens uh, cut, you know what I mean? But they're comfortable. 
and they're cheap. <laughs> and after a while, it's just like I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not taking a skateboard down to the mall to meet some, you know what I mean? It's like it just it is what it is. But you're right. Hey, starting new sometimes and getting new gear and whatever, it's really good for you. It's healthy. It's yeah, very yeah, healthy. We're, starting, we're starting over. My dad, well, that's what the doctor, that's like what the doctor told my dad. It's like starting over. My dad's over. a hoarder. Yeah, over. exactly. My dad's a hoarder. My dad's a hoarder. And the doctor told him, he goes, Mr. Stewart. He goes, that's the reason, like, you had your episode. You have too many things. Like, you're saving batteries from 10 years ago. You don't need this stuff. Like, just throw it out. It's hard for some people to get rid of stuff. It's kind of like a mental thing. But well, dude, I had, do, I had you, bags. You feel a lot better. I had bags full of cables and, like, mics and weird stuff. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't want to throw these cables out. Or, or, or something. I, know, I <laughs> do the same thing. But I, know, I do the same then thing. I realized, I was like, well. What are you going to use them for? I was like, yeah, am I using these cables? No. Am I gonna, no. Can I bring them to New York with me? No one am I going to bring garbage no. back full of cables? <laughs> An cables. extension hey, cord. everybody, I got cables. That's right. On the side of the street. Extension cords and cables. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. Okay, thanks. The only thing you need is that Apple computer and that heads, the special headset that we got, the one that uh, slides down my buttery face due to sweat. Uh, those, are, those are the important things you need because you use those every day, right? Other than that, you're in the studio and... Uh, yeah, you're, you're, hey, man, you'll feel a lot better. Once you start throwing stuff out, it, it, it's a better move. I got to do the same thing. I got I got, I got, got ba- bags of shit I got to get rid of. Well, now I, I got bags of crap in a storage locker that I don't even need. You saw. <laughs> I got a garbage yeah, bag full of playing cards in a storage locker. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, you that do, makes you also sense. Got a guitar, yeah, no, but you got guitars and amps, too. Yeah, like, no, that's the quality, exactly. Like, yeah. So if somebody went into your storage locker and said, oh, my God, this guy's got, like, his own business card and playing cards. But, hey, he's got a couple of guitars. Like, that's the thing. Like, your storage locker has a lot of, like, penny items, but it's got a couple of gems in there, too. So it's worth paying the Well, that, that's the whole reason I got it, right? That, that's exactly it. For the instruments. But it was the same thing. I just couldn't let go of stuff. I was like, man, I don't want to let throw that out. <laughs> and honestly, honestly, I kept finding things. Like I kept finding things. Like I found a picture of my mother and yep. something I was about to throw out once. So that's a yeah. That's yeah, a I never really know. I'm like, man, I I don't really know what's in this. I better double check one last time when I have time. But I just never have time. And then years pass. But um, I haven't. Yeah, you know, we haven't got. But you don't have a, you don't have Ziploc bags of batteries. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, th- th- like that's what I did. Like, I, 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 like me and my mom, we had, like, we had talked to my dad. It's I'm like, not a whore. Didn't want to throw them out. I'm, I'm like, Dad, the, these, these batteries, they don't even make this Radio Shack brand anymore. It's from like 12 years ago. Like, you think it's gonna like, and, and what kind of radio has batteries now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, remember back in the day, Marenzi, the C and D volts like, for your ghetto blaster? You'd have to buy like nine gigantic batteries that weigh like two pounds. Like, it's got bags of them. It's like, yeah, you just throw them out, throw out the batteries. But anyway, you'll feel a hell of a lot better. It's it's actually starting new. It's a, it's really good. It's fresh for your brain too. It'll uh, ease the stress. It's, it's it's a good way to be. I should be following your lead. I got to do the damn, same damn thing. I'm surprised that the um, I'm surprised that the ghetto blaster boombox um, hasn't made a comeback. Everything is cyclical. Oh, it has. It, it 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 has. It has in certain like I see. I see in certain areas, Gabe, like they still have like their newer boom boxes, but they, they I see a lot of chicks. Like you've seen that commercial with the chick where she goes back in time, hey, salt and pepper. Dun, 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 dun. She got like the ghetto blaster. Trust me, I, I see kids rocking out ghetto blasters, but not as much as you would think. I'm with you. I thought it was going to be like a crazy craze where like everybody was doing it. Like back in the day, you go to the skate park, everybody had, was blasting tunes on a on a boombox ghetto blaster. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Like I thought that'd be a trend that would really uh, catch fire. People would also get shot though more. That's a good point. I don't like your tune. Yeah, ding, 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 turn turn that crap anger. down. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, if some guy's playing Megadeth, he doesn't like the song, or I don't like your band, that hip-hop song blows. Yeah, I could see a lot of, uh, yeah, musical tension and frustration happening. You're right, a lot of, lot of, lot of injury. Um, Craig Martin tuning in says, Justin Rose does not make double bogeys. No one ever talks That's about how consistent thing. he is. He's stone cold. Great point. He is. He's got ice in his veins. Yeah, he does. And that's the thing. Like, every time, and Craig's a smart guy, you take Justin Rose in situations, like, that's why he's a great bet at the U.S. Open. When par golf is good, when other guys have to, like, struggle, and that's, he's the opposite of Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki Matsuyama should be the best golfer in the world. Tee to green, when you watch him, when he's, when he's striping the ball game, and then you look at his scorecard. He can have eight birdies, two triple bogeys, two doubles. I, I'm like, what's this guy doing? He does not know how to minimize damage. And that's one thing Tiger, Tiger Woods, back in the day, he used to be great at it. But when he started his comeback, he still had double bogeys, whatever. Now, in the last little while, the last six to ten events, he's been very good that way, saving a lot of pars, hitting more putts. That's very, very important. Yeah, that Justin Rose definitely is the best in the world for that. If you want to play par golf, if you want to grind out around, he's your guy. Uh, Justin Rose, very, very successful in the Ryder Cups. He's got an 11-6-2 and two, uh, record, Cam, in, in the Ryder Cup. That's amazing. Cup. Ian Poulter's got a good record, too. Yeah, Ian Poulter does. You know, it's a really good record. Patrick Reed. Well, yeah, Patrick Reed loves golf. Like, uh, he's 6-1-2. He he's 6-1-2 yep. in, um, in, in his career in the Ryder Cup in, in match play. You mentioned uh, Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter's 12-4-2. In his career, yeah, he's he's a um, he's a Ryder Cup ringer. Looking at the records here of these guys, uh, we'll go we'll go over every golfer after. Actually, we'll save this for a little bit uh, later on. Maybe on the DFS hour or something like that. Yeah, we can go over go over some guys. We still got to get some announcements and stuff, and yeah, things really uh, get real, Gabe. It starts uh, the coverage starts at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, when Friday, when are they going to announce? Got to be doing it soon. If you look right yeah, now, Cam, yeah, you look right now in France, it's already nighttime right now. So it's Wednesday night. It's like 10 o'clock there. Like They're like five hours, six hours, five hours ahead. So it's nighttime. So you got what, in the morning they're going to announce the pairings? Yeah, they got uh, the, the schedule of events. That's the thing. Like They, got, they have to do this soon because they're, they're playing. They're playing so Friday, when, which is late yeah, Thursday yeah. night. So here, Yeah, exactly. Like the morning matches start. At their time, 8 10. Uh, so the gates open 6 8 10 morning matches. That's four balls, 1 50 afternoon. So that's the thing. So they have, I'm just looking at the schedule now golf sixes, Ryder Cup featured, Junior Ryder Cup uh, open. Okay, okay. They have to do, they have to do this by Thursday. They have to, ha they have to have something on paper by Thursday because they're playing on Friday. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely safe. The opening ceremony is Thursday at 5 o'clock, Gabe. And then they have a past captains match. A Ryder Cup concert featuring the Kaiser Chiefs? What the hell? Okay, whatever. Gates open. Yeah, there it is. So, yeah, so the thurs Thursdays when things are, are going to get real. I went to DraftKings again, and obviously they, they they can't put a lineup together until they figure out all this stuff. I don't think they will. I don't think yeah, they will. Know what they're going to do? They, I think they Maybe will. They'll do, daily they'll, 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 they'll do tournaments, Gabe. It'll be, it'll be like showdowns because think about it, right? If they have on Friday, if they have – Morning matches, four balls. They'll have all the guys involved in the four balls, but you can't do. You can't look to the future because captains are going to have to go. Okay, I'm going to take uh, Patrick Reed. He might not be playing in this match, but I'll take them here. So I think everything's going to be individual. Like you know what I mean? And they'll also have for for betting. They'll have like who will get the most points. 
like that type of stuff. But it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to predict because you know a lot of the time. Oh, there's a million betting the hot, options. Hot hand. There's a million yeah, betting exactly. options to win outright, to live tro- to live trophy, top trophy, team uh, point score, top combined top point score, top wild card, top American wild card, top European wild card, top rookie, top American rookie. You know what my top rookie pick is? Uh, Alex Norin. Um, top uh, top European rookie Ooh, overall. Like top continental European. Top uh, Great Britain and Ireland player. Top Englishman. Top Scandinavian. Top Swede. Top Spaniard. Player total points. Player matchups. Uh, uh, point matchups. Day winners. Day handicap betting. Hole in ones. End of day leads. Margin of victories and everything else in between. Uh, we've got... Uh, <laughs> A lot, a lot of props. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on. Exactly. A lot of props. There's All right. A lot of props. Um, I think Tony Finau is one of these guys, but the problem with him is he might not play enough because he's a captain's pick. Like I want to take like a guy most points. Like you, you try to find like a flyer and get some good odds, but the problem is like those guys won't play enough. They'll be left out. The, like there'll be certain guys that are playing in every single match. Like Dustin Johnson, like you know, Tiger Woods. Those guys are going to be like. I'm taking Europe more exposure. plus 130. Except, like you Europe said yesterday, too. the number. Hopefully, the number goes back up. All right, uh, let's squeeze in a call here before Lou joins us. We've got a uh, fantasy football uh, question. Let's send it to Kansas, the home of the heavy coaches. <laughs> yeah, Mangino and uh, Weiss. <laughs> home of Golden Corral. Like like Cam said though, you ever notice? And you were right. Like it's like Shashevsky looks like a blue devil. It really is yeah, amazing, Ralph, like how coaches can Ralph look like the logo. Yes. They merge, and I've really noticed living in a neighborhood with a lot of dogs about how dogs and their owners look the same. Like I saw this orange exactly. dog the other day, and his owner was orange. Like he looked like you and Justin Turner. I was like, man, your dog looks like you. <laughs> and same thing. There's like there's like a Filipino he like dude. Gritty. Yeah, there's like a Filipino dude in my condo too. He's got a little Chihuahua. They've got the same like he looks, pudgy he, cheeks. Yeah, he and looks everything. like a Chihuahua. Yeah, it's hey, really my crazy. Neighbor. My neighbor's got a Chihuahua. He's a Chihuahua. I know. Like, Ralph Regan. The, the craziest thing to me though was when Ralph Regan was a co- coach of Maryland. He looked like a turtle. Like he had the, <laughs> like he had he had the he neck. Really he, he was a turtle. He was, I'm like, how does a human Mike Shashevsky like really terrapin. does look like a devil. blue devil. I know. Okay, let's oh, bring in sure uh, let's bring in Mark <laughs> in Kansas right now. What's up, Mark? Uh, hey, Mark. Hey, I got a trade trade question for you guys. Uh, what is it? I'm staring. Uh, I got David Johnson and Chris Hogan on my bench right now. Um, and I also have Giovanni Bernard. I was able to get off the waiver uh, waiver wire a few nice. weeks ago. Um, so uh, what I was thinking about doing is trading the the owner of Joe Mixon to lock down the Bengals running back uh, or backfield. Seems like they favor it's a full form PPR league. It seems like they're, they're you know they're giving a lot of targets to the running backs, which I, is, is very valuable. And um, I, you know it, it seems like there's a little bit of hope behind the Arizona Cardinals now with uh, Rosen getting the start. So I was thinking about trading him, David Johnson, Chris Hogan, um, uh, for Joe Mixon and Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Galladay. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I don't like I it. Like I don't like the sounds of it. Even I don't like I, the trade, though. Yeah, I think it's a little yeah. excessive, and you're giving up too much. Yeah, you're giving up too much. It's only three weeks, and listen, I'm 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 a, I'm a big big David Johnson guy, and I'm baffled by this. I, I don't I don't understand for the life of me how they don't just give him the damn football. You know, they're always trailing all yeah. the time, but they just don't give him the freaking football, and. The coach even Wilkes called him out and, and said basically to the coordinator, "Get him the damn football." Uh, I don't, I don't understand this, but my deal with Mixon is, I, I'd be concerned about the injuries, dude. I really would be. He was injury prone. He was banged up at Oklahoma. 
We've seen a little Knicks here already here in the International Football League uh, with Mixon. Mixon's one of these guys to me, Cam, that, yeah, he looks really good, but I always get the feeling he's a, he's a hit away from getting hurt. Yeah, you know, it's it's like P. Ryan, like he, the other. He's so good. He, yeah. It's like P. Ryan. He's the so other good kid. when healthy, though. I know, I know. I, he I is, really like Mixon. And you know, Galladay's damn good too. Uh, Galladay's coming on, but good deep threat. Giving up to. I don't want to give up Johnson though. You can't give up. I wouldn't do that. it. Uh, I think you're overthinking things. And uh, you got Bernard okay. in the mix, so you know. I hear what you're saying. I wouldn't want to be all tied into one team either, Mark. Right, just with the Cincinnati Bengal running game. I, I get your your approach there, but. Yeah. I, I I would say no, don't do it. And uh, here's uh, thanks for the call. Here's some Joe Mixon news. Um, he may be able to return this week. I'm seeing that Lacken Fora is uh, reporting. There's a possibility. It's a possibility that uh, that Joe Mixon plays. One thing that we do know, we can tell you, the Falcons. This is somewhat of a surprise camp, but I guess not because of the injuries that they have with uh, with the Smith kid and with uh, with Neil. But the Falcons are giving yep. up the fourth most fantasy points uh, to running backs this year. Yep, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, I, Gabe. The more I think about that game, the more I like Cincinnati. I know you said if it's six, they'll lose by seven, or if it's five and a half, they'll lose by six. But you saw what the last two weeks with teams have done. They're exploiting that defense. The Falcons aren't the same defense with those injuries, and Andy Dalton's actually got a good rapport, especially with uh, Boyd, kid from uh, yeah, from Boyd. Pittsburgh. Gabe, he's been, he's been great. He's been a fan. And so is Giovanni so Bernard, though. That's another yes, thing too, Mark. Yes. You've already had Bernard. Yes. Don't well, don't force things. I'd be happy with David Johnson. Yeah, Bernard's good. Johnson's gonna have some big games, bro. Bernard, seventeen touches, eighty-six yards, and a touchdown against the Panthers. I don't think Mixon will play this week, and even if he does, um, uh, Bernard's still gonna be in the mix here against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I, I I wouldn't make that deal. Uh, we'll get you some more NFL uh, injury updates. We're gonna talk some DFS and some fantasy football, some golf in the six o'clock hour. Uh, coming up next, we go head-to-head with Lou, Gamblue.com. We'll talk NHL hockey, UFC MMA, and NFL football. Football and fighting, nothing wrong with that. We got the final countdown, but this is like the Polish polka version or something. What the hell is this? Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Level 2. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Lou. From uh, Gamblue.com will join us uh, in a couple of moments. We'll run the gauntlet with Lou. Lou's fired up for some pucks. Uh, interesting week four. Hard to believe we're into week four already, but interesting uh, week four. Card in the National Football League. Game going on in our backyard here. The uh, the Saints and the Giants. And I talked about this yesterday. 
It's actually a 425 game, so there's a possibility I could go yeah. to the game. You know, that's one game I wouldn't mind going to, actually, too. See the Saints and the Giants. My early week lean right now is to the New Orleans Saints uh, with the Giants coming off that way. The Giants haven't been very good at home. I think they're 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight home games. Um, but if you're looking to lay it down this weekend on the National Football League and you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, check out the Prop Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of D1 late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players you want without salary caps. Sign up uh, for a new uh, account. Use promo code FNTSY. You're going to get a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late line of scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the profit you choose. Check out mybookie.ag. Enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using a prop builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. Promo code FNTSY. And we know Lou will be uh, excited to bet some hockey starting uh, next week. Football, fighting, and hockey is what Lou is into. Gamblu, gamblu.com. What up, Lou? Not too much, Gabriel. How's everything this week, my friend? Always a pleasure. We always look forward to uh, to breaking uh, breaking it down with you. A lot of stuff to get to. Um, although we we are going to take exception to something you tweeted earlier, so I don't think it'll be as heated as as our Steeler debate. But I thought you were a little hard on <laughs> on Kelly Bryant. <laughs> I thought you were a little hard on Kelly Bryant. So why not just get that out of the way right now? Uh, I saw you. So so Kelly Bryant says, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm not a starter anymore. I'm out of here. And I do agree, Lou, that it's a bad look quitting midseason. You look at Jalen Hurts. He took it like a man, and he's part of the team. And he's getting some playing time. And, you know, I said it was different in, in, in the pros about how Le'Veon Bell, I don't really see him like he's letting his teammates down. But when I look at Kelly Bryant, I sort of do see it that way in a sense that it's like, you know, listen, you started the season, you finished the season. That's the way I look at it. You want to leave after, you want to transfer, fine. But we're midseason here, kid, and, you know, you can't just be happy when things are going your way in life. I totally get the life lesson of all this, Lou. But I thought that, you know, when you tweeted – that, you know, he's a quitter and, you know, let's see how he does in the future because he quit. I think I thought that was a little too far just because, and we've been talking about it on the show a bit, there's been some pretty big-time quarterbacks and some pretty good quarterbacks and leaders, Lou, that have transferred. Russell Wilson transferred from NC State to Wisconsin. Troy Aikman transferred Not from... Not in the middle of the year. No, nah, and I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's the difference, too. Yep. And yeah. I, I said that, Lou. So we'll be on the same page here that I said I would never have done this in the middle of the year. I would have told the kid, don't do this, kid. It's a bad look. Yeah, I, I, I actually, what the way you described it, Gabriel, I agree completely with. I, it, my, my issue is, yes, it's a, it's a life lesson. I mean, if, if he didn't want to compete for the job, if he thought just because he's the upperclassman, he gets to put, uh, he gets to get inserted into the starting lineup like you put your slippers on at night. That's simply not how life goes. That's not how football goes. And if he didn't want to compete, he should have gone to Rutgers or Kinnebrook or, or Southern Florida. I mean, the, the, the bottom. Go, the, go play at Hofstra, you're saying, like Flacco. Go to Delaware. <laughs> Delaware. Listen, listen there's, there's a lot of ways to be successful, but 1% of college players are going to play pro. Chasing money because you didn't get the starting job in the middle of the season 
sends a me, me, me message in a game that's about the team. Yep. And I don't, moving forward, I'm not cursing the kid. I wish him nothing but the best, but you're never going to accomplish much in life when the going gets tough. You got to go run. That's just my point. I know, I know. And if I was if I was Dabo Sweeney, I really would have emphasized this to the kid. Yeah, just say, stick around, kid. We can win the national championship. Hey, Lawrence gets hurt. You're the guy. There's, uh, there's just a lot of positives to staying at Clemson, too, with the success of their program, guys. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but when you, but these kids, are, they're, they're teenagers or maybe 20. Uh, he feels that he's a competitor. He feels he should have gotten a different shake. Who knows yeah. what it you was. You know he feels I, screwed. I, I exactly. Give, I give the coach, he feels wrong. Yeah. I, give the coach, I give the coach nothing but kudos to let the kid go if that's what the kid wants to do. I think that's a great thing on uh, the coach's part, uh, even though clearly the coach. So who knows if the next game – uh, starting quarterback, this freshman goes out and breaks his ankle. I know. God that's I mean, the thing. Yep, that's it, what we were saying. I brought that up, Lou. I'm like, Kelly, if Kelly, what if he gets hurt? You're sitting at home going, oh, my God, yeah, what did I just do? God. And you let your teammates down. <laughs> exactly. You started the season. Well, you got to finish the season. You know, you're part of the team. Like, the, the thing is, it, it happens all the time. And I brought it up earlier, Lou, like offensive linemen get replaced. If you're a running back and hey, you fumble the ball a couple of times, you know, this other kid is going to be the starting running back. You're still going to get some touches, but the other kid, you can't just quit the team, as you stated. You can't just quit. Um, it's it's not a great look, but and like, I agree with you, Lou. Dabo Sweeney handled this marvelously. You look at, you know, there's a coach there. What was his name? Bo Ryan, I think. What was, was that his name, Cam? Bo Ryan. Remember the basketball coach at Wisconsin? Bo, Bo Ryan, Wisconsin yeah. basketball coach? Yeah. Yep. Remember when one of the kids wanted to, to, um, to transfer? We found out what Bo Ryan was really like. Bo Ryan was like, yeah, you can transfer, kid, no problem. But here's a list of schools you can't transfer to. And it was like 200 schools. Yeah. So it's basically a go play at Plattsburgh uh, Community College if you want. And it's like, really? You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to let him transfer to an SEC school? I could get it. All right, no Big Ten. But, and it just showed. But Dabo Sweeney, Lou, he showed compassion. And he basically said, I love this kid like a son. It hurts. But he goes, I know where he's coming from. That goes a long way, Lou, and it shows Dabo just gets it and knows how to relate to these kids. Yeah, I wish the parents well. I wish the kid well. I hope he's a, you know gets to play some ball because uh, I played ball till I was in my early 30s, and there's nothing greater than competing and playing. Uh, I, I, I'm just a very old-school guy, and, and it doesn't matter if it's piano lessons or football team. If you start it, you complete it. I can't disagree. I, I, I can't disagree I agree. with this. I agree with that 100%. All right, Lou. So, um, no UFC this week. Um, it's the calm before the storm right now uh, with the big uh, Conor McGregor and uh, Habib fight around the corner. Uh, I, uh, you generally don't do uh, Bellator, but I'm just looking at the number here, Lou, and it's an intriguing fight. I'm not talking about Vanderlei Silva and Quinton Rampage Jackson. I'm talking about Musasi and Rory McDonald. And well, am I missing something on this? Why the hell is Musasi a minus two fifty favorite against Rory McDonald? Uh, in my opinion, I I believe Musasi should be a a buck eighty. Uh, so maybe that's a little high because the the parlay play and pundits uh, are playing some Musasi. You mean the pukes? Uh, I, 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 Come on! Now yeah, you're calling pundits. They're pukes. Come on. <laughs> 
This is the new, cleaner, more agreeable Uncle Louie. <laughs> Lou's like, uh, maybe I'll I don't want to offend to be... people. Yeah, I'm not going to offend people this yeah, week. <laughs> no, hey, you're in New York now, baby. I, they're going to understand me just fine. I got no problem. So, uh, But I, I do think that uh, Rory looks the part, but Rory has a big problem. And this is going to sound funny. But he's just, his beak is too big. He's broken his nose a hundred times, and it protrudes, and it costs him fights. I'm telling you, it costs him Lawler because he took a jab and it, it jammed right in the back of his brain. And it, 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 it just is too hittable. And I love Rory. He's a, he's a gutsy kid. Uh, but I, I regard him as just a half a step under a world-class uh, MMA artist. You know, I also look at him, though, I also look at him as a guy that has more heart than Musasi. And I don't I don't like judging a man's heart, and that's not fair to say that, because, you know, I'm not... I've always thought Musasi's a little bit of an underachiever, Lou. I know he's so great and stuff, but he seems not to be as good as he could be. And maybe that's just in my head. I agree. I know what you're saying with Rory. I mean, the guy's been in more wars than Jason from Friday the 13th, right? Like you said, he's been caught up more like than Freddy Krueger. Like, he really has been, like, this guy is the warrior of all warriors. I just think he wants it more. I think he'll dig down deep. And I think if you're Musasi, I don't think he, Musasi could do enough to hurt him, to, to really to finish him. And it's a thing. George St. Pierre is the same way. You know, George St. Pierre is very, you know, bleeds easy and get cut open easy. Rory gets busted up, man, but he's as tough as they come. I got to take the live dog. And I know I'm not putting a pick in your mouth, Lou. You're, you're not a big Bellator guy, but, you know, two former UFC guys here. Hell of a fight. I'm looking forward to this fight. It's going to be good. And, Gabriel, I think you bring up great points. And I and knowing both of these fighters, uh, there was no one that that's rational that, could argue the toughness of Rory and the grit. And really, a lot of times you get a you get jiu-jitsu against wrestling, and that's the difference. And Rory does have some wrestling. So th- that could well go, and you bring up a great point. Um, it's, I'll probably watch those fights because I do want to watch the, the pocket knife wielder fight, a 100-year-old Quentin Rampage Jackson that's got about a minute of cardio in him. Uh, but but so that, you, you're so right. You that main us? event, that's going to be a hell of a fight. You, you taking Vanderlei? Little little uh, little little piece on our boy. Me and Cam are buddies with Vanderlei Silva. You know, uh, I, I I probably I, shouldn't I admit this not, on the radio, Lou, but I've done banned substances with Vanderlei Silva. <laughs> I uh, one night at Lagazzi's in Vegas, he had a suite, and I got to shake his hand and talk to him a little bit. And I questioned at the time. This was uh, in in July when. Machida uh, fought uh, uh, Weidman, and so it, uh, Wanderlei had a suite up there. I went up, shook his hand and everything, and when I left the conversation, I was 100% convinced that there, was, there were lights on, but nobody was home there. Uh, now, he could have been drinking and partying. You know, people in Vegas have fun. Uh, it, but I give him a distinct edge in cardio and will, but I, I just don't know how he can hold up against a, a big, huge. I mean, I don't, what, what weight class is that fight in? I expect uh, <laughs> I expect I expect Rampage to show up at two twenty for that fight. So, what do you think? Rampage is going to fall on top of him, probably, huh? 
Yeah. There's no way in hell, Lou. That's my feel. There's no way. I would rather... I would rather go outside and hand $100 to someone on 34th and 6th right now and say, can you hang on to this for me for 10 minutes than me laying minus 230 on Quinton Rampage Jackson. <laughs> oh, he's minus 230? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my yeah, God. No, I'm saying, he's, he's, dude, Bovada, 315, minus 315. So here's what here's what happens in these fights, guys. I mean, they're all fixed. Wanna, yeah, they're not fixed, but Bellator is a yeah, shit show. It's like Monday Night Raw. This Quentin, either either either. I mean, Quinton and Wanderlei are going to decide. I think they hate each other too much to collaborate. But a lot of times, you know, and we've heard this from a mutual friend that we both have, uh, Gabriel. I mean, a lot of times, family from one fighter will come in and bet. <laughs> their fighter or the other guy sometimes. So well, that's the uh, big secret you know, in MMA. I'll be watching, but yeah, I, I I'll always be tell watching, people but that I won't Lou. be wagering. I always tell people that, like uh, I said, you know, sometimes the corner will bet on the other guy, and they're like, "Oh, you mean it's fixed?" I'm like, "No, no, it's not fixed. They they want their guy to win, but the thing is, if the guy doesn't win, he doesn't get a win bonus, and then you know they they they're trying to. It's like hedging a bet. You know what I mean?" Of course, they would rather their well, fighter I mean, wins, they, but they're trying to bet. Like, yeah. I know for a fact, a guy told me that once. He goes, I hate doing this, but he goes, buddy owes me $15,000. He goes, if he doesn't win, I'm not getting it. So he goes, I don't have a choice. He goes, I need to put a couple of dimes against him. He goes, I hope he wins. <laughs> yeah, this, this happens, and let's face it. That fighter, he, if, if, if a fighter from Canada is fighting in Brazil, he's paying the, 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 the show. He's paying for his camp. He's paying for his trainers. He's paying for his corner to fly down there, hotel. That's how pathetic that the UFC is. That's pathetic, though. That it, it, is it, it, it is brutal. That, that is a brutal, and it's another discussion. Well, the UFC will fly two guys. They'll fly two guys in. I know for a fact. I've been, you know, I know. So right. basically, the UFC will say, "Listen, here's a you. They'll pay for the fighters' ticket to fly there, and two other tickets." But the thing is, most corners are three to four people, right? So I mean, who's the poor bastard in the UFC? The guy's getting beat up. He had to start a GoFundMe page. He's like, "Can, uh, can I uh, GoFundMe? Can you help me? Because I need to bring my boxing coach with me." You know, it's like really, Dana, yeah, and you're I... walking around boasting about you know you threw a million dollar birthday party for your kid. You guys can't, like, what, you can't pay another $418 to United Airlines to get a guy's trainer there? That's the thing, man. It just it turns me off that stuff, Cam. I agree. I'm with you, Gabe. I think that's disgusting, actually, for the amount of money times guys go on talking about how much money they're making, and you, and you can't do something like that. Like, you got to be in the big leagues. You can't be that amateur night when it comes to that stuff. That's and I'm not one of these guys that cries point. all the time yeah. about um, – I'm not one of these guys that cries all the time about what UFC fighters make. It's up to them. They're grown yeah. men. They yeah, can negotiate their true. own deals. But when it gets to the point where you got to go to GoFundMe so you can bring your team with you to Europe, yeah. you got a problem. People don't realize that. Or too. you got a sorry, or, or you got a full time job and you and you uh, and you work out when you're done with your you know fireman's job if it's Miocic or whatever other job. A lot of these hardworking young. Uh, athletes have to undertake to keep their family going. Yeah, you know, look at look at Iaquinta. Look at Iaquinta. Iaquinta is a world class fighter. The guy makes more money in real estate and stocks than he does in the ring. <laughs> uh, it's good for him. I tip yeah. my hat to the kid for that. Yeah, yeah you're a realtor too, Lou. 
Yeah, Iaquinta was like, yeah, yeah I got my license now. I'm not going to be broke. <laughs> so, um, quick break. We'll talk football on the other side with Lou. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Time decisions ready. Rage Radio continues. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Moretzi. Kicking it. 34. Is it Studio 34? No. What's this? Studio 33. Studio 4. We're on the fourth floor. <laughs> 34 is like the big fancy studio. This isn't the. We're in the pit. In the pit. It's the pit. Remember New Mexico, the pit. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> I love yeah. that place. Great, great basketball uh, arena. I believe uh, the pit has been known as uh, the pit of misery uh, in yes. the past. Damn right. Yeah, the pit in New Mexico. Yeah. Lou, um, Lou, Lou, we talked about Lou knowing the real estate markets. and um, I'm telling you, Cam, you, you and I are always talking about nice, cheap place. Go, go, uh, go live. Uh, yep. Cost of living. And uh, enjoyable lifestyle is uh, New Mexico is a hidden gem. Like, you look at Nevada, everyone's ambushed, Las yeah. Vegas and everything. Arizona, very, very popular, but Arizona is, is very, you know, so many people there now. Yeah, you've, talk, you've talked about this, Lou, isn't it? Very, very affordable in, in New Mexico. And uh, you Gorgeous, get some beautiful, too. beautiful, Gorgeous. Uh, beautiful uh, desert mountains uh, out there. It, it really is. I, I would tell you that New Mexico is a very underappreciated and under uh, – underrated state as far as cost of living uh you know if you live in and around albuquerque uh, you've got a decent sized city some great cultural there cultural food some southwest culture food uh, you got an airport you can get to and from denver's close to it is a drive phoenix is a drive uh, the other one that i would tell you in the southwest is utah without doubt uh, of the 50 states, Utah is the most beautiful state in, of the 50. It's just nobody ever gets a chance uh, to drive through it. And there's, you know, you, you, I know on the east side there's a lot of uh, congestion and population, but out here in the west, I mean, you can go out to the middle of Utah and start shooting guns around, and nobody will even <laughs> hear you shooting the damn gun. Lou, gambler. So, you know, it, so I, I dig the West. The, the only issue is, is like today before this spot, I was out cutting my, it's 101, I was out cutting my grass today. So believe me, late September, it gets to be a pain in the butt when it's still a buck and higher than 100. So. That's a surprise. It's actually 81 here in New York today. It's pretty pretty hot. Oh, Everyone's nice. in T-shirts. Uh, so uh, Vikings and Rams tomorrow night. Uh, I see someone on Twitter, actually, Leah. Um, and uh, she, brought, she brought up the fact, she goes, I don't know why, but it just feels like a Thursday today. She keeps thinking it's Thursday. It does sort of have a Thursday feel uh, today, but it isn't because there's no football. But there is tomorrow. Minnesota Vikings getting seven points 
against the Rams. I saw an interesting uh, trend. I mean, I'll, I'll try to dig it up here right now, but I remember it to be exact. But basically, any team, Lou and Cam, any team that travels through two time zones and plays on Thursday night football on the road has never won. They're zero and ten. You travel through two time zones on Thursday, and generally the home team wins Thursday night football games. Yep. But now I'm compounded by a two time zone travel span. They're 0-10 straight up in this spot. But, Lou, I actually think the Vikings are in a good spot. Um, I I don't like this Everson Griffin stuff that's going on, and we wish him the best. We hope he's all right. Um, But with that being stated, you look at the Rams. The Rams have been the the trendy darlings. I've been on them all three games, the Rams, this year. Um, You know, the Rams are the trendy darlings of the league right now. Uh, Sherman over at the Westgate in Vegas has made them a two to one favorite. Only to, two to one is ridiculous. That to is the Super Bowl. That's so Vikings bad. offensive line got shredded by the Bills, and oh, the Vikings lost to the Buffalo Bills. Now the Rams are laying seven points. Um, so the Rams were seven point favorites against the Chargers. Now they're seven point favorites against the Vikings. You're telling me the Vikings are a better team than the Chargers are? I like buying in, Lou. All when teams suck and everyone yes, abandons yes. ship. Um, I I really like the Vikings here. I I'm aware I'm aware that the uh, the Rams are that good. I would really like to see Dalvin Cook back in the lineup as well. But you look at Talib out, Marcus Peters out for the Rams. I think the Vikings plus seven are worth a look. Do you have an opinion on this game? Yeah, I have a strong opinion. And and even though you mentioned a trend that really favored the Rams and two and two or the home team, I should say in a two-time zone situation. Let's not forget the fact that in previous Thursday night games, Zimmer has chosen to bring his team out to that location on Tuesday. He, in fact, did that with the Vikings this week in order to minimize some of that effect. I love that. Let's also, here's another trend. Zimmer, 6-3 and three against the spread last nine away, and he's got egg on his face with all yep. those big, bad Minnesota Vikings that laid an egg at home against Buffalo because they were not paying attention to Buffalo, and they, in fact, were paying attention to this game. And so, yeah, it hurts to have Griffin out a little bit and quarterback wanes, uh, but, but there's some decimating injuries to the Rams on defense as well. And to me, uh, Gabriel, as much as I'll consider – the styles of Nurmagomedov and Conor McGregor clashing and artistic, so too will I find the match between defensive coordinator Zimmer, who's an old pro, and new-fangled boy-genius offensive coordinator Sean McVay. When that defense of Zimmer faces that offense of McVay, I'm going to sop it up like bread and gravy. Yeah. And you believe the defense beats offense, don't you, Lou? If you're old I school, I think this is a real good. I think it's a real good spot for Minnesota here because they're coming off such a such a terrible loss, and they're so embarrassed. And I do believe that Zimmer's been kicking them in the rear all week long. Uh, that said, uh, the Rams can have a beautiful, successful season if they win this game by one, two points, a field goal. And I really think this is a very tight game. Let's remember, look ahead line for this game last week was five. And by tomorrow night, guys, it will be seven. So wait and take the full touchdown. Yeah, on our book, it's uh, gone up to the full touchdown there, Lou. 
a game that uh, Marenzi and I have talked about, Lou, and I want to get your opinion, is Cincinnati and Atlanta. I really like Cincinnati as a dog this week. I know uh, Atlanta, since they've had the injuries in their defense, they've really been giving up a lot of points. New Orleans walked all over them. I know they could still score, and Matt Ryan's been good the last couple weeks, but uh, Andy Dalton and that Bengals offense, Boyd's been good for them. They got a running game. Bernard was a fantasy monster last week. What do you think about Cincinnati getting five and a half in Atlanta? I kind of think they can win the game, so I'm going to take the points. What's your take, Lou? Well, I, I, I like where you're going with that, Cam. Uh, I really want to check A.J. Uh, Green's condition, however, yeah. because a groin and a wide receiver is concerning, and he is the key to that whole offense for the Red Rifle. Uh, Atlanta, uh, with freight free safety, Allen uh, gone, and uh, Neal's last week uh, being carted off, their defensive backfield is decimated, uh, and they're going to have to rely on uh, some young rookie-type talent back there, and this could be a perfect scenario and a nice setup for the Bengals. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Bengals, this is their second uh, of the two road games in a row. Yeah. So they've been on the road twice. Yeah. Look ahead line here with six, and I'm looking at the number right now as being roughly about that. It's not a game I have a strong opinion on. I will say this. Um, we've got uh, tw- underdogs in the NFL, 27, 18, and 1 yep. with two pick'em games. That's 60%. Eventually, uh, I'm going to try and be very, very selective with my underdogs this week because I smell some favorites. Yeah. 27, 18, and 1. And I believe home dogs are 20 and 7, Lou. You might Ooh. have that number. So what, what did you say, 20, yeah, and that really, 27, 18, and 1, underdogs as a whole? Yeah, yeah. It's, ju- it's just underdogs as a whole, yes, correct. Yeah. And I think home dogs. And, I think and dogs I'll tell you, for, for a, a, and a guy like me is supposed to be so good at the NFL, and I am damn good, but so far this year, I'm 6 and 7. I should be 7 and 2 with, with all that dog success. So believe me, this NFL isn't easy, but I can tell you by the end of the season, we're going to get everything corrected. I look at this, so I look, and I've been riding a lot of dogs, Lou, and we've had a pretty decent yep. start. We're 9-5-1 and one in the Super Contest off and running. I'd like to be doing a little better, but we were 1-4 and four in week one. So the last two weeks, we, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of a handle on it. But last week, I was all over the underdogs, and we, we went 4-1. and one. This week, I look, and it seems like I get the feeling a lot of people are going to take these underdogs, and they're going to yeah. be a day late dollar short this week, Lou. And I'm not a favorite better. Like, I want to take the Bengals. I really do. I want to take the Bengals. I probably end up will taking them. But, like, other bigger spreads, like uh, like the Packers. Let's talk about Packers and Bills, Lou. Like, listen, I'm a Bills fan. It's down to nine and a half now. You know, this just feels like the Packers probably blow them out, you know, after the yeah. fact. Like, can you take the points in these games? I want to. But, you know, I've, I'm almost feeling like I'm walking into traps here with some of these underdogs. Miami Dolphins is a good example as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah like you I can't trust the Patriots. It, it, like, you know what I mean, Lou? Like, the Patriots well, are showing us nothing to lay this type of points. Yeah. Yet, you know, and the Dolphins are playing good football, yet, you know, the little green <laughs> gazoo from the Flintstones is telling me, don't do it, dum-dum, and take the, uh, the Miami Dolphins. 
straight kazoo. <laughs> yeah, the only way I would look at that Miami New England game is I would because that there, there's a look ahead number New England nine and a half down to seven. Only way I could look is if I looked at New England, and the only way I could look at New England is if I teased them to one. Um, that said, I, I don't know that I'm in a big hurry to do that because I do believe in Miami, and I, I think New England uh, New England has glaring holes. And so that's that's a game I got to be cautious with. You mentioned Buffalo and Green Bay. Uh, I tend to really like ten and a half points there, and I'll tell you why. Because this could easily be a game that they sit Aaron Rodgers. This could easily be a game uh, as sore as Aaron Rodgers looked in that last game. Uh, if Buffalo twangs him or gets after him, we could only see a limited amount of Aaron Rodgers, Good and then that you. number changes diametrically. So. I do like Buffalo with the ten and a half a little bit here. Uh, they've done well in their history against the NFC North, and even though it's the second of a back-to-back game, I, I think uh, that coach at Buffalo—he's uh, maybe not the most analytical guy, but he's a fiery little coach that delivered them to the playoffs last year. Uh, I think they could come with a little bit of fight in them again this week. Well, the Packers haven't shown us anything. Look at the Packers games this year; they haven't blown anybody out. Packers well, haven't lucky, shown us anybody to be laying this lu- this type of points. Lucky Ken. to beat the Bears. They came back and beat the Bears. Uh, Washington kicked their ass. Yeah, no, it, it's a, that's the thing. They haven't been playing that good either. I almost want to take the Bills. I think Lou brings up a good point, Gabe. Think about it. If you're going to rest him, and you know, you saw how ginger he was in that game at Washington on that wet turf, too, with the conditions. If Buffalo gets to him, they can't screw around with their season now. So, yeah, that's a really good point, Lou. We might see, like, early exit Rodgers if things aren't 100% there. And then uh, the Bills are very live. I really like your angle there. Oh, I mean, what if like, Green Bay jumps up seven nothing? Uh, Rodgers yep. gets dumped and has a has a boo boo on his butt, and they they go the other way and make it a run run try a low scoring running affair. I could easily see that. And the other thing is, guys, is that this is week four now. And so the teams that I have at the top of my power rankings, I'm looking for them to start to really gel because their preseason is now over. Their preseason was week one, two, and three. And so uh, we have to start to be aware that the better teams are going to gel and maybe some teams that aren't as good, some teams maybe with less effective trenches, offense and defensive line, are going to start to show cracks if they're matched up against some of these teams that have taken the three weeks to get their team gelling. And so I'm really, I'm really looking at teams as who, who, uh, who think who's going to gel and, and really who's going to fall off now after everybody's warmed up and got their teams kind of established a month into the NFL season. One of the most uh, disappointing teams in the national football league to start the year has clearly been the Houston Texans. Yep. And I personally feel and some people I've talked to think that uh, this is a good spot for Houston. They're going to get in the winter circle this week. I don't see it. I think this is the week, actually, that it might come to an end for Bill O'Brien, Lou. And I you know, I think, listen, India have been really good to me this year. I was on Cincinnati in yep. week one, and I've been on the Colts in the last two weeks as underdogs, and uh, they covered both football games. Um, now they Now they're hosting Houston. And the numbers come down. It was like two and a half, three. It's down to one and a half now. And I don't know. People don't believe in the Indianapolis Colts at all. But Andrew Luck, I don't know if he's 100%, but he's pretty close. And they're covering numbers. They're hanging around. 
And I just don't think Houston, I don't think they, they care for O'Brien. I think there's a beaten down team. It wouldn't surprise me if they traded some guys now, actually. I guess this is the last stand for the Houston Texans this week, if, you know, salvage their season and try to get the win. I don't see it. I think that the number's a little short, and I think the Colts, Colts win, and then it wouldn't surprise me if Bill O'Brien's the first coach fired. And I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to tell you that, in my opinion, I, I look at Houston. I regard Houston as almost the same kind of condition as Pittsburgh last week. This is, without question, a must-win game for them. And, yes, they are on the road, but they get a familiar division foe. Uh, they, what they do have is supposedly some defense, and you've got a quarterback in luck that's throwing intermediary passes uh, at the longest. Houston's 0-3 against the spread, hasn't, hasn't covered a game yet, and now they come a short two against Indy at home, who just looked like world beaters in a tight loss to Philly. Uh, this, is, this game here is screaming, wait until Sunday when this number gets to Indy 2.5 and, and take Houston on a tease up to 8.5, where you're crossing all the critical numbers, 18% on three, uh, 12% on the seven, and you're going to get great advantage, I believe, taking Houston as a tease up to eight. Houston. Yeah, I'm on Houston too, Gabe. Uh, do you, do you guys see this line movement? In this, like people are betting Oakland like they got uh, Monday's paper. Uh, Gabe, I'm seeing three on these uh, offshore. I thought it would be going the other way with the May, uh, Baker Mayfield popularity. I thought it'd be kind of like, you know, Oakland minus one. I'm seeing threes out there. What are you guys' opinion on this Cleveland-Oakland game? Lose the guest, and uh, we've only got two minutes, so I'll throw yeah. it to him. To Lou. I'll say in, I'll say in both of these situations, in, in the case of Houston and in the case of Oakland, and it's Tuesday or it's Wednesday right now, though the movement we're seeing this early is based on wise guys betting. No, nobody's betting their parlays just yet. The parlay players wait till Saturday night after they've got their brains beat up, and at 6 o'clock <laughs> Eastern, they start to hit the NFL board. So I think this is wiser money moving these, and I happen to agree with Houston being the right side, and I really do like Oakland a lot this week. You like Oakland a lot this week. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, tune in to uh, Sports Rage Against the Machine this evening on the Fantasy Sports uh, uh, Network and YouTube page, and we'll let you know what the DailyRoto.com betting machine thinks of these games. Check out Lou, Gamblue.com. One of the best cappers and the nicest gentleman in the business. Always a pleasure, yes. Lou. We'll talk NHL hockey next week as the puck drops. Yeah. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
Fantasy Factor, the only DFS site with exclusive single entry contests. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today. Go over to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. Great site, uh, Fantasy Factor. Thanks to Alou uh, for joining us. Gamblu.com. Uh, in the 6 o'clock hour, we'll get you uh, caught up to date as far as uh, the injuries are concerned. I see quite a lot of injuries and question marks at the running back position in the National Football League uh, this week. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Dalvin yep. Cook, Joe Mixon, Devontae Freeman, Leonard Fournette, Jay Ajayi. A lot of injury news at the uh, the running back spot. And all big guys, too, Marenzi. Got to hand it to the, the Bills, uh, your boy uh, Ivory, last week getting it done. I'll, I'll tell you, you talked a lot a lot before about LaShawn McCoy, and we've watched him, like, going down and maybe not getting up, and there's always that chance. Well, I, I think there's a chance... This guy's a, he, he's been around the block before, Gabe. Uh, you know, he's a little bit long at the tooth, and I think there's going to be other opportunities for other guys there. Might be uh, some fantasy sleepers uh, in the Buffalo backfield there. I'm, not, I'm just not sure how, my, how, how many touches or if it's going to be his complete load. I think they're really going to go to uh, a more running back by committee. I know he's a veteran, and, uh, you know, he des- deserves respect for the amount of time and the successful years, but it's just one of those things I think a couple other guys are pretty hungry to get the rock, and uh, if, it's, if it's working for Buffalo, I think McDermott's going to stick with it. Well, I told people, um, I told people in the offseason that I thought that um, – I thought that uh, Chris Ivory, I saw Chris Ivory run in the preseason. The guy runs hard. and He does run hard. He's been a backup, you know, the last few years. So his body isn't as beat up um, for somebody that normally would be at his age. He's a, vi- he's a violent runner, Chris Ivory. Um, LaShawn McCoy's a stud, though. I mean, you know, he's beat up all the time. He's banged up. But it's sort of part of his shtick as well. You know, he's sort of, that's just what he does. And, um, you know, we saw the stat the other night. Uh, nobody has more fourth quarter yards in in the um, in the National Football League in like the last six years than LaShawn McCoy. So you know the Bills. It's interesting that game. They're not in a good spot going back to back, coming off that big win. But thing is, it's just too many points with the Packers. Like I don't, the Packers haven't done anything to justify them being that big of favorites. Like you know, I, we talked about it yesterday. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bills won a game outright, or if the Bills lost by three. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Bills got blasted. But that's the way the NFL is this year. Yeah, you, you talk about sharp, and Lou was talking about sharp money. Well, people think it's too many points, even if it is the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. You know, from down from uh, some lines opened up at 10.5, down to 9.5 right now on my book. And you know what? I really want to pull the trigger with the Bills. And I think Lou brought up a really a, a lot of good points there. What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? Gabe, I watch Washington was the main game that I watched, Washington and uh, Green Bay. And Rodgers, sure, he dove a little bit, but you could tell it was very, very ginger. There were times where Washington was in a situation to absolutely kill him. And, you know, he got out of the way because he knew uh, things could end early. His season could be absolutely over. But I'm telling you, and the way the Bills got after it last week, you saw what they did to Kirk Cousins. It was like deja vu. Strip, sack, pummel, and, and, and recoveries. They did it time after time early in that game and jumped all over Minnesota, and Minnesota couldn't come back. And say what you want about the Bills. Sometimes that defensive line, get, they, they get to you. And I think Rodgers, he better uh, have his head on a swivel because it could, this could be an absolute disaster. Now, the, um, the Super Contest lines, I believe, just came out. As well as the Golden Nugget uh, numbers, we'll get you uh, caught up to date. How are you doing in that Nugget contest? Well, it's interesting you ask, actually, because um, 
we really stumbled out of the gate, Cam. We really stumbled out of the gate. We went, uh, you picked seven games. I went two and five and three and four in the first two weeks. That's the college and NFL blend? Like yeah. Like it's a mix? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So I went two and five and three and four. I was five and nine. I was in 258 place out of 308 players. Not too good after two weeks. But I went six and one this week in the Golden Nugget contest. And uh, we skyrocketed from 258 place to 136 place. Yeah, you go you go six and one again. Things get really interesting. Yeah, That's we go exactly. six and one again, and we're going to skyrocket to about 50th place. So I basically just need to pop off another couple of big win- weeks, and then just sort of grind away. One line, one thing I like about this contest, there's still time. Like I stumbled out of the gate. It's annoying. And there's nothing I can do about it. it. Is what it is. The six and one really helps. Um, but it's seven games, Cam. There's more room. Exactly. Like the super contest, exactly. you're kind of screwed. Yeah, it's hard you. to That's catch up. Like seven. Point. It's like, man, if I go six and one again, yeah. if I go five and two, I'm racking up yeah. points. I can That's get back in thing. this, you know? I prefer I prefer those type of contests. Like I told you, I'm in one with Billy. It's like the quick eight, right? You do we do one for we do one that's six and we do one that's eight. I'm in a couple of his pools and I love the one that's eight, Gabe, because it's season long eight. You have a couple good weeks, you go seven and one, six and two, boom. Yeah, you said it. In the super contest, take a look. It's simply mathematics. There's so many damn people in the contest. You know. You know it's hard to like if you stumble out of the gate like a bad horse, you know what I mean? You have to have the four and one, four and one, five and oh. There's just too many people in the contest, not enough games. Seven or eight games, you can really do some damage. You put together three weeks in a row and you could see save your season. I like I I prefer to have seven or eight games instead of five. There were a couple of dudes actually that went uh fourteen and oh to start. <laughs> wow. Like ten of them. <laughs> In the nugget? Yeah. Like, there's like <laughs> wow, 10 or 12, 14 points. After I was like, holy crap, you guys are going to lose a game or what? And, <laughs> evidently, and evidently they did. Like, a lot of them did. Because um, here we are right now. Suddenly it's um, the leader is 18 and 2. 18, 2, and 1. So I was completely buried. Now, right now, Cam, it's not bad. Like, look, I am... Um, you know, I've only got 11 points, 11 wins, but I'm only seven games off the pace. Exactly. You know what I mean? Off of and first place. And you get seven games, not five. Yeah. So you just got to keep rolling. Yeah, there's a lot of real estate left, basically. I just, you know, we'll chip away. It's, I normally don't look at the standings this early. I, I never do. But I, I kind of did the other night because I was like, man, I know I really did bad. And it's funny. I was like, man, I know there's 308 people in this. So I sort of looked at the bottom, <laughs> like, all the way up and... Unfortunately, my name wasn't that far from the bottom cap. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Exactly. I'm in 258th place. Like, I'm like, basically, there's only 50 people worse than me in this contest. It's kind of embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, we went 6-1 and one this past week. So, suddenly, we're in 136th place. We got a little bit of room now. Uh, we got to keep it going. You know what I did last week? I played seven NFL games. The college is what did me in early. Yes. Oh, that's the best. You can choose. You can do seven college, seven NFL, four and three. You do what you want. Whatever's on their card you pick, I love it. What a great contest. I I like that better than the Super Contest. In week one, I was was thinking, well, I'm already in the Super NFL Contest, so why don't I just take college games? Because college is erratic. So I literally went one and six in college. And then the next week... I was I mixed it up. I was like, all right, I really like these college games, and I'll take these NFL games. I ended up going three and four. Then last week, I really liked the NFL card, 
So I was like, you know what? I'm not messing around with college. I'm just taking seven NFL games, and I ended up going six and one. And I'm thinking about doing the same thing again this week, actually, because I actually like quite a few of these NFL games. But I'm a little, you know, now it's not pressure, but I just know it's hard to do this two weeks in a row, right? It is. And the law, the law of averages are almost against me. That's the thing I'm worried about. I find, too, just over years of gambling, and I'm very similar to you. Like the first couple weeks of college, Gabe, it was like six and one, five and two. And last week, unlike you, I got pummeled. Like I had a really bad college day. And it ruins you going into the NFL. Like, and I find when college, you just don't go like you know three and two or two and three, like like one and five. Like I either you either rock the college board or you absolutely get pummeled. Where I find the NFL, you can go, yeah, you know, it was a pretty good day. A couple of days over 500, 500. You know what I mean? I find in college, it's a lot more volatile than the National Football League. Just like the kids playing the game. You know what I mean? You tend to really win a lot. When you're on fire, you really feel it in that league, but you can get pummeled real fast. Things are – you've seen it, man. Like, that's the thing. I'd almost stick to the NFL. I think it's a little more consistent. Yeah, call a college is all or nothing. It, it feels that way. Yeah, it really is. We got, we got a big college board, actually, this week. Some interesting games. I want to jump into them. Just trying to get the uh, super contest lines open uh, for this week. See the uh, Vikings are getting seven. Patriots, six and a half. Colts minus one. Falcons five, Packers nine and a half, Cowboys minus three against the Lions, Jags minus seven and a half against the Jets, Bears minus three against the Bucks. You know what's crazy about that Bears-Bucks game is the winner of that game is going to be three and one. Exactly. Like Chicago's two and one and Tampa's two and one. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but you know the winner of that football game will be three and one. Uh, the Eagles are four-point favorites at the Titans. I think people are sleeping on the Titans a little bit here. You know, Cam, the Titans are 10-1 and one at home in their last 11 games. Yeah, I know. They don't really – and it doesn't feel that way. Like, you know, you look at the Titans, and maybe it's just because we've been waiting for years to, to them to get over the top, but the defense has really hurt them. But, yeah, no, I – it's kind of shocking, and I just remember earlier on in the season, I was on Miami, and Miami beat them in that crazy weather game. It's just the Titans are a team just because you look at them because of the quarterback inefficiencies with uh, Gabbert and Mariota, but they do have some really good players on that team, and uh, I like Brable what he's done. I like the trick plays. I like the play calling and aggressiveness, and I don't know what it is about Tennessee. Certain teams in the NFL just have certain teams' number, and they own Jacksonville. They, beat it, they swept them last year and beat them already this year as a 10-point pooch. So, yeah, maybe you're on to something, Marenzi. I don't know. Carson Wentz in Philadelphia didn't look like they had the, you, you know, the full package going against Indianapolis. The Colts could have won that game, and they did cover. So who's to say that uh, Tennessee can't cover the four? Yeah, Tennessee now seven and two in their last nine home games. They were six and two at home last year. Uh, they won their home game against the, the Texans earlier this year. Now they're getting four points, coming off a nice win last week. You know, I think Vabrell's going to have them prepared to play. They're, you know, they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, the Jags shouldn't have been that big of favorites last week, and I think this is pretty risky, actually. Uh, pretty risky uh, to lay four points here with the Eagles. Yeah, the thing about the Eagles is I, I, like, the, I like the Colts last week. I don't know if the Eagles are going to figure it out. Another, uh, you know, another game under Carson Wentz's bell, is he going to get more acclimated? Also, we have a lot of question marks. We've got to check the Eagles' uh, injury situation with Ajayi and all these other guys. This is stuff we got to be uh, on top of because I think there's some key, key guys that are, that are questionable right now, and that could uh, influence things big time. Now, Straight Cash noticed our uh, cheesy video game uh, version of uh, the final yeah. countdown. <laughs> Do we have a better version set up here yet? <laughs> All right, we're going to go to the break. Uh, we, we better have, like, a, a reel 
I want the real with the guitar and everything. Like, not not the Polish polka version. We had like the Polish like that the final Polish countdown was like version. yeah, it's like a dude playing in the subway or something, like on a little Casio. Yeah, straight cash is right. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible. I kind of liked it actually. It was it was funny, <laughs> like a video game. I, I didn't I didn't hate it that much, Brent. See, I, I'm, I I'll I'll defend it. I'll defend it, but I wouldn't mind the real version, sure. All right, uh, our boy Steve Pushy tuning in says, "Fancy factors a site I hope grows into something huge." That's right. About to do a deposit there and start playing there is my number one site. Getting tired of some of these other sites and uh, their crap-ass customer service, free rolls contest. It's all great stuff over at uh, Fantasy Factor. Yeah, things uh, are going well at Fantasy Factor, Gabe, in that survivor pool, that million-dollar survivor. I wonder who's left there because I, I remember we entered a free, uh, couple free contests on Fantasy Factor. Things are are you going still great in? Until the Vikings. No, God, no, no. I, the Vikings in that No, one. you're not. I'm, I'm alive in one, one survivor pool total. I was in four total. I, I'm alive in one now. Just one. So, uh, Stooch, Stooch says, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we we're talking earlier about Patrick Reed and how good he is at the Ryder Cup. Oh, yeah, the guy's a monster. Uh, they six three and one in, in match play. So uh, Stooch said, if I'm not mistaken, Reed was also undefeated in match play in college. He won two national titles at Augusta State. Yep. Augusta State. That's right. Yeah. No, it's true. Patrick Reed is just—he's one of those guys. Gabe, he's an instigator. He—he's not a typical golfer. So actually, the thing is, the reason—it's actually funny. He has the same type of personality as Tiger Woods, but people hate Patrick Reed. It's funny the way people are, right? Like, Patrick Reed's fiery. He'll get in your face, you know, fist pump and stuff. But people don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> but other people like Tiger Woods. It's like we talk about. Like it's, just, it's just one of those things. Patrick Reed rubs people the wrong way. I know he had an issue in college. He apparently, like, stole uh, his roommate's money and something like that. That's the reason he went to Augusta State. He went to a small school. Like, the guy's got, like, a... He's got some issues, but uh, other than that, you know, like Patrick Reed, when it, when push comes to shove, when it comes to competitive golf, man, there's probably nobody you want more in a match play situation other than him. Like, yeah, he dominates. Remember Patrick Reed, of course, he got his uh, kicked his parents off the course at a major. Uh, yeah, that's right. Craig that's Martin, right. get out of here. <laughs> Craig Craig Martin actually has something interesting. He sent uh, saying, uh, surprisingly, we're talking about Justin Rose, not um, you know, doesn't bogey. Um, the here's the bogey. Least amount of bogeys. He's actually ninth. Yeah. Henrik Stenson bogeys the least. He's number one. I could see that. Surprising. Ricky Fowler, number two. See, that's uh, I didn't see that. He only either, averages no, 1.99 bogeys per 18 holes. Wow. Justin Rose is ninth. He averages 2.21. There's not much of a difference yeah, there. Yeah, but not much. Yeah, but still. I would not have Fowler in the two-hole there. I would have, I, I would have had that reversed. Rose second, him ninth. Yeah, Stenson, uh, yeah, Stenson one, one Fowler two, Webb Simpson three, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Johnson Wagner, <laughs> Wagner, Kevin Streelman, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, and Jordan Spieth. Top ten least uh, least amount of bogeys on tour this year. A lot of quality golfers there in the top ten, other than Wagner and a couple other. Like you know what I mean? Most of those guys are big name dudes. Um, all every player on the U.S. Ryder Cup team is ranked in the t- top twenty-five. Eight players from the European Tour are uh, are ranked in the top 25. USA have not won in Europe since 1993 as well. It's a long time, buddy. 25 long years. Time. Yep, long time. It's just Europe gets fired. They, they get fired up in their home soil. Like it's going to be good. You talk about it, Gabe. Like I understand the reasons why sometimes you don't like golf. 
none of these guys. It's like, yeah, am I playing for money, whatever? Like, you want to see the passion. You want to see somebody really into it. Well, the Ryder Cup, man, that's your bag. These guys are going to be, like, I remember Rory and Patrick Reed when they are in a match. He's telling them to shut up. He's, like, sh- shushing the crowd. Like, it, it got close to, like, I was actually thinking, are these guys going to hit each other? Like, I was all actually, like, praying for, like, a, a fight on the golf course, something at a happy Gilmore, like a little more violence with our golf. But uh, you're, you're going to see some things this week. There's a lot of, and the funny thing is, take a look at the European team. Like, Ian Poulter's a hothead. Patrick Reed for the Americans, he's a hothead. Like, there's a lot of, like, a couple guys that can get pretty emotional. Even Rory gets fired up for this stuff. He likes to get nuts. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch us. The Ryder Cup's wicked. It's it's so, so much different than the regular golf. We actually see guys uh, take things personally and get uh, angry. It's nice. Here's an interesting um, fact as far as the Ryder Cup is concerned. Since 1975, this is from Justin Ray from the Golf Channel. Since uh, 1975, the side that has won the first match of the Ryder Cup has a record of 15 and four. Wow. So basically, you got you come out of the gate, you come out of the gate hot early. It's a good prerequisite for uh, winning the tournament. I, I I just can't wait to see what this line is when things get real because I can't I can't see Europe not even like. We're not even getting any value anymore, Gabe. Like, plus 115, 120. I remember when this thing opened up months ago, USA was minus 190. Like, there was Europe's out there at plus 170. Not anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's crazy. I, you figure the betters would be all betting on America. I don't, I don't get it. I this. know. I don't get it either. To put in perspective about Team America's depth, the reigning Masters champion is only the ninth highest uh, ranked player on the squad. Exactly. Game They're time deep. decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, lineup block live coming up next.